When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. In 2017, author Patricia Bosworth was interviewed by Alec Baldwin on his old WNYC show called Here's the Thing. What's the first book you attempt? Oh, I didn't start writing a book for 10 years. I had a long apprenticeship at various magazines, including a place called Magazine Management, a schlock house, where Mary Apuzzo was writing The Godfather. No. Yeah. He was writing The Godfather while he was on staff at a magazine? Yes, he was. He, he what kind of pieces ten, did he write? He wrote sex action uh, pieces. and uh, Sex action? Well, that's what they were called, well, sex what? action. <laughs> <laughs> I want you and I to start an online site. We are? We're going to call it sex action. Alec and Patty talk about a ton of stuff in this interview. Patty had just released a book about coming of age in the 50s and the men in her life at that time. And then something super interesting comes up right during the last minute or so of the broadcast. What's the next memoir for you? Actually, I'd like to write about the next 10 years, meaning the the 60s into 70s, where I get into feminism and I work in pornography, which I did for a while with Bob Guccione. What did you do in pornography? I I, I edited a female porn magazine called Viva for two years. I remember Viva. At the time of this interview, Patty's a famous author. Though she'd worked at several magazines and written a few memoirs, she eventually became best known as a Hollywood biographer, writing the definitive tomes on stars like Montgomery Clift and Marlon Brando. Patty met a lot of famous, powerful men in her life, including Bob Guccione. Uh, what was he like, Guccione? He was a complicated man. I right. mean, he, you know, he wanted to be a painter. Uh, he felt he was doing good. He was an accidental pornographer, wasn't he? He was, right. he was. See, Patty liked Bob, or at least she was intrigued by him. She was smart, open-minded, and progressive. And she's good at reading people, sees past the gold chains, 
the sleazy veneer. He was very smart, and he actually published some wonderful m- m- articles in Penthouse oh, about ben, the Vietnam great writing. War. Oh, yeah, God. I remember, I remember reading he about did. Barry Seal that's and right. the whole Mena, Arkansas that, conspiracy. That's and that, right. And, and, no, and that he did mag- a lot of political great stuff. Great writing in that, in that magazine. And, and Viva had great writing in it, too. It did. Well, I think that when you're done with that uh, memoir, <laughs> I want you to remember to allow time for you and I for sex action. It's a winner. Okay. I love it. Okay. But Patty wouldn't get a chance to write sex action or that next memoir. Three years after this interview in 2020, she unfortunately passed from COVID complications. The New York Times published an obituary for her, and in it they mention, quote, creating a biography, Ms. Bosworth wrote on her website, was like solving a mystery, always looking for clues. I felt the same way while making this show, uncovering the details and legacy of a magazine that was published over 50 years ago is a little bit like cracking a mystery. And if Viva were a mystery novel, Patty would be a big character. She took the magazine to a new level. The great writing that she mentioned to Alec, a lot of that comes during Patty's tenure as editor. Her vision, her editing, her leadership, her entire vibe lent a fresh perspective to a place that was still figuring itself out. Here she is in 2017 on the City University of New York talk show One to One. I was adventuresome. I I wanted adventures. I wanted different kinds of experiences. I didn't want to be curtailed. Uh, And yes, I did break the rules. There's no question about it. Once Patty lands the job as Viva's executive editor, she breaks the rules there, too. Sometimes this pays off, and as you'll see, sometimes it doesn't. Patty's years at Viva are the good times. If this were a movie, this episode would be its on-the-come-up montage. Only, instead of Rocky dragging a giant tire or a bunch of ragtag high schoolers dancing in detention, it's a bunch of women sitting at typewriters cranking out one smart article after the next. Once Patty steps in, Viva starts gaining a devoted readership, though not as large as Bob would like, and lands a few big advertisers, though still not as many as Kathy would like. It's finally on the right track, But could a cool rebel like Patty Bosworth actually control Viva? And how long could the magazine's good times roll? Like all great movie montages, this one's about to come to a screeching halt. From Crooked Media and iHeartMedia, I'm Jennifer Romolini, and this is Stiffed Episode 4, Phallus in Wonderland. everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, 
ownership and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Act One. Christmas three-way. Now, Patricia Bosworth is no longer here to tell us this story herself. But according to an article she wrote about the experience for Vanity Fair in 2005, when Bob Guccione first called her in 1974, she was 41, working as the managing editor of Harper's Bazaar. In that initial phone call, Bob tells Patty that Viva is, quote, the world's most sophisticated erotic magazine for women. And he's looking for a really classy editor, like her, to run it. Now, Patty is classy, but she was a lot more than that. Truth be told, we could make an entire podcast about the life of Patricia Bosworth Crumb. 
before Bob's phone call, before her time at Viva, Patty had already lived a big, enviably glamorous life. She'd been a successful model who'd posed for photographers like Deanne Arbus. And she was also an actress, trained by Lee Strasberg at the famous Actors Studio, and even featured in the Oscar-nominated film A Nun's Story alongside Audrey Hepburn. Here's Patty and Audrey in a scene from the film. You're blushing. It happened to me, too, in my ward. We shouldn't blush. I'm sure we shouldn't. How can we help it? It must mean some wrong awareness of self. In New York in the 60s, Patty is deep in the scene. She shares cabs with Marilyn Monroe. She rides on the back of actor Steve McQueen's motorcycle through Central Park. Like I said, she had a cool life. But by the time Bob Guccione calls in 1974, Patty's left her actress model days behind. She's now a well-known journalist and editor, and she's well-respected, too. She's a big name for Viva, its first. All of which is a big deal, especially to Bob and Kathy. As Viva sex advice columnist Dr. Judy explains. Bob uh, and Kathy wanted to have their uh, magazines have some creds to them, have some substance to it. So Bob woos Patty big time. He tells her that while his partner Kathy is listed at the top of the masthead and technically Viva's editor-in-chief, she's pretty much out of the day-to-day editorial. Here's editor Robin Woolanner. Well, she wasn't really a boss because her day job was really um, selling ads. Uh, so Kathy didn't review. I, I don't know what kind of review Kathy did. She was the publisher of the magazine, not the editor. So while Kathy's out scaring up ads... Patty comes in as the actual head of editorial. She assigns articles, brings in new writers. She makes Viva her own. Her task is, as Bob tells her, to make Viva revolutionary. She has a budget, a full staff, control. Here's editor Betty Jane talking about her new boss. I love Patty. She was so smart and so kind. And um, she had an open mind, you know, you would propose something perhaps that was slightly off the beaten track or whatever, and she'd want to hear. Patty's the staff's first true creative ally. She's curious and imaginative, and she brings her reporter's chops to Viva, begins to do something that's never been done before. She asks a lot of questions and considers what female readers might actually want out of an erotic magazine. She has a cohesive, big-picture vision. The magazine is now stacked with great editors and award-winning writing, not to mention plenty of cocks. That's right. As we discussed in the last episode, at Kathy's urging, Viva's more sexually explicit than ever. But with the arrival of editor Patty, it's smarter than ever, too. It's a winning combination. And readers? They start to take note. I've never written to a magazine before, but I wanted you to know my boyfriend and I keep Viva by our bedside. It's like having a threesome. There's something for everybody. My husband and I were discussing Viva's sexual fantasies column in bed, but ours became more than a fantasy. I asked him to fuck my underarm, and it worked. Finally, a publication which does not downgrade my intellect, degrade my humanity, nor debase my feminine sensitivity. Just read a letter in Viva's October issue and felt I must reply. The letter concerns a model's, quote, big, ugly, disgusting penis. I would like to change those adjectives to, quote, large, beautiful, and exciting, because that's what I experience when I'm looking at a large cock in Viva. 
So the readers are satisfied. And after a rocky start, even the editors are finally having some fun. Molly Haskell, Viva's film critic, remembers it like this. Viva was, I think, sort of making feminism sexy. That would be the way I would describe it. Just, it was fun. It wasn't just these door, oh, you know, women suffragettes, with the sort of image of what used to be the early feminists, maybe. What she's describing here is the loose, confident, sexy, and yes, fun feeling of this new Viva. Patty helps guide Viva's erotic photo shoots, and the women are often now literally on top, straddling hairy-chested dudes dressed in nothing but fur. There are men eating women's asses. There's cunnilingus everywhere you look. On the cover of Patty's December Viva, there's even group sex. Two men with a woman in the middle, all naked in bed, wrapped up in a set of silky red sheets like a bow. It's a Christmas three-way right there on the cover, a work of art. Here's Leslie J., Bob's head of PR. The covers were gorgeous. Inside it was gorgeous. It was so well produced. And I thought, this is a work of art. I just loved looking at it. And it's not just the sex in Viva that's better. The vibe in the office is, too. The editors are stretching themselves creatively. And like editor Robin remembers, they're writing a ton. There was one issue where I had three articles um, that I wrote. And we thought that would look really rinky-dink. So I wrote one as under my own name. I wrote one as Peggy Renelo. Peggy's my middle name, and Renelo was Wolaner backwards. And I can't remember what I did on the third one. It just might have not had a byline. But that was a personal best. And the editors are even finding their way into the whole hot guys thing, enjoying the perks of their job. We would have, like, you know, a profile of Chevy Chase because we thought he was hot. It wasn't based on research of what, what women wanted. It was what, what we want. You know, what, what, what did we think would be cool or interesting? Who did we think was hot? We were the target demographic, and we wanted a magazine for us and our friends. Here's Betty Jane again. We had each other backs, and we were colleagues. You know, because it would take maybe more than one person to get a piece off the ground. Sometimes you would be um, collaborating. And in the 70s, this kind of collaboration between women is novel, something most of them had never experienced before. I remember, you know, part of the 50s was, or before anyway, you didn't want to work for women because they were going to be competitive and snappy and bitchy and give you a hard time. So that was another thing that I found liberating, finding women who maybe had a little more power than you, but were not trying to stifle you. The Viva editors are becoming tight. Like the best kinds of co-workers, they're friends. We would see each other outside of the office as well as in the office. You know, we'd all go for drinks, or if somebody was had an occasion, maybe we'd go to whoever's apartment. I don't remember ever having a, a grim, nose-to-the-grindstone kind of work atmosphere. And at least part of this positive culture comes from Patty, who, as a writer herself, knows how important it is to give the staff agency. Her leadership style is collaborative, which makes them feel more in control. The thing about acting which is so frustrating is it's very passive. You cannot control your life. And I got tired of being rejected so much and also tired of not being able to control my life. And as soon as I became a writer, I had this control. I felt more active, more energized. So Patty makes the staff feel in control, 
And in turn, they're happy, like you are at a job where your ideas are valued and you're treated well. They're bonding outside of work for non-work events. They're also attending a whole lot of work functions, mostly at their boss's house, which isn't just any house. At this time, Bob and Kathy live in one of the largest private residences in Manhattan, a 26-room, six-story townhouse run by 22 servants with an art collection worth $150 million, including a gold piano once owned by Judy Garland. Here's Viva's sex columnist, Dr. Judy, again. A real fantasy land castle in his own image. You walk in and you're like in a museum. Every place you look is fancy artwork and, and sculptures and a pool. <laughs> it was just breathtaking to be in that environment. And here's editor Pat Linden. There's this great big sort of central living room area with all this Art. I mean, you know, Fra Angelica and, you know, these major old painters. There was a Picasso blue period there. But not all of the editors were quite as impressed. Here's Annie. It was Trumpy. I mean, it was, it was kind of Trumpy, you know. It was a lot more kind of Austin Powers uh, style. You know, Trump is like the five and dime Versailles, you know. But I think Bob Cuccioni had his own kind of kitsch. He could turn up a great painting into an accessory of kitsch. But at this time, the Viva editors like their jobs enough that they don't really care about how often they have to go to Bob and Kathy's intense house. Since Patty's come on board, the two have mostly left the staff alone. And with Patty, their work's become more meaningful. She greenlights stories they love. They're interviewing feminist politicians like Bella Abzug, reporting on cutting-edge contraception like the IUD, publishing stories on why sex workers deserve a union. Molly Haskell's writing about the choice to not have children. Book reviewer Annie Gottlieb's Promoted is now writing essays on living without a man on her own. Things are getting better and better. The magazine's smarter and smarter. And the Viva team? They're about to publish their most important editorial package yet. Betty Jane remembers how it came to be. We wanted a spread on rape, on date rape, you know, what women were facing out there and and how it wasn't reported and how most women suffered in silence. And this spread will turn out to be a groundbreaking special report on sexual assault, one of the first of its kind, one that gets Viva and its editors a lot of attention, though it's not exactly the attention they were hoping for. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Act two, rubber meets the road. In order to understand the story I'm about to tell you, you need to understand a few fundamentals about how magazines are made. So, because of printing schedules and shipping schedules, magazines work on a long lead time. They're usually made months before they come out. For example, in the 2000s when I was working on them, I'd be editing a holiday gift guide in the dead-ass heat of August. But in the 70s, before the internet, before email, before computers even, Everything in a magazine was done by hand. This took a super long time. And a magazine like Viva, with its complicated layouts and expensive photo shoots, 
it took even longer. Because of the way it was bound, because of the really high-end printing and photography, we'd be working in, you know, June on the, on the Christmas cover. Viva's production schedule is around six months before its publication date. And this is important because while the special report on rape is published in November 1974, the editors had been working on it for months before. Viva's special report on rape covers a ton, including a self-defense handbook, a guide to rape centers all over the country, which is important in a pre-Google time, and a sexual assault survey created by famous second-wave feminists Andrea Medea and Kathleen Thompson, authors of the famously influential book Against Rape. The survey is among the first of its kind. And this being Viva, an erotic magazine for women, there's even a thoughtful, sensitive, non-shaming examination of rape as a sexual fantasy and what that might mean. Here's Dr. Judy. Women really liked the idea of being, you know, totally overpowered, thrown on the bed, tossed around, you know, slapped down to their face, you know, into the into the bed sheets or up against the wall and madly, widely taken. And as sex therapists, we were constantly saying, why do they like that? With Viva's rape issue, the editors, led by Patty, are defining what Viva could be a bridge between feminism, activism, sexuality, and groundbreaking journalism. And also with this rape issue, Patty's following her marching orders. She's following what Bob told her in her interview when he told her Viva could be revolutionary, and she could be the one to make it revolutionary. Together, the editors have tackled a relevant, important issue for women from a number of smart, original, even groundbreaking angles. These are the kinds of stories they always wanted to do. The team is proud of their work. But after the rape issue comes out, Bob unexpectedly calls a meeting. And like all of Bob's business dealings at this point, he conducts it out of his house. Here's editor Pat Linden again. And so you'd go, knock on the door, and the, and the guy would be there to sort of make sure you were okay. And the dogs would then come running at you, this herd of big dogs. Bob and Kathy's dogs, all 13 of them, were Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Each of them weighed about 85 pounds. And the floor was marble, and, you know, you'd hear them scraping along, and they'd come plowing at you. They were just friendly, but it's kind of scary to have this 13 Rhodesian Ridgebacks. So the editors arrive at Bob's house. They navigate past the giant dogs and into a dining room turned meeting room to meet their boss, the king on his throne. All these months, while the magazine was in production, they hadn't heard a peep from Bob about the rape issue. And maybe that's because he's mostly not reading the magazine, mostly only cares about Viva's pictures. But now that the issue is out in the world, the headline rape has very much caught his eye. Here's editor Betty Jane. And we all sat down at this dining room table, this long table, and he started yelling at us because he said, this is an entertainment magazine and you don't put rape on the cover or in the magazine at all. That's not what the magazine is supposed to be. And everybody was totally silent, shame feeling, looking down the table. Bob thinks Viva should be lighthearted and fun, a slinky, sex-positive romp. 
not a magazine that tackles serious issues about predatory men and sexual violence. He was very angry that we had printed this article. And actually, we had gotten a lot of response to it because uh, we had invited women to um, share their experiences. And we got a lot of feedback. She's talking about the survey by the Against Rape authors, which asked women to share their sexual assault stories. Stories which start pouring in by the hundreds almost right after the magazine arrives in subscribers' mailboxes, a few weeks before this meeting. Viva will turn out to be one of the first magazines in the world to publish rape survivors' stories, to allow them to share their experiences in their own words. Readers will send letters praising the rape issue for months, Letters like this one. Your report on rape offered a compassionate but forthright view. I must thank Viva for the exceptional editorial coverage. See, this is the Viva magazine many of its readers actually want. But still, Bob doesn't like it. And back in the meeting at his house, Betty Jane, for one, is not at all into Bob's reaction. I don't know what possessed me because I I don't think of myself as a speaker upper, but I couldn't let the silence go by. And I, I said, well, you know, Mr. Guccione, um, you know, yes, it is entertainment, but it's, it's involvement too. I mean, this was a, this was an important issue when we got a lot of read a mail on it. Silence. Nobody backed me up. Nobody opened their eyes. And two days later, uh, Patty called me into her office. She had tears in her eyes, and she said, I have to fire you. So that was where the rubber met the road. In her 2005 Vanity Fair article, Patty remembered it like this. I'd accepted the job and was telling them maybe I could help Viva fulfill a need and inform and inspire women. Whom was I kidding? Viva would never be anything but hopeless. And maybe the saddest part of all this... Bob had not only fooled Patty, but in the process, he'd given her and all of the Viva editors real hope about what Viva could be. Because of the magazine's long lead production time, the editors had six months to hope. Six months to fulfill the promise of the magazine without Bob hovering over and watching their every move. And in those months, they'd seen what they could do. Like so many women for forever, They'd felt hopeful because they'd seen what was possible when men like Bob Guccione got out of their way. But the thing is, even though Bob hired women like Kathy and Patty to run the magazine, and editors like Betty Jane and Annie to edit and write in it, he once again never actually stepped aside and let them do their jobs. Here's Leslie J., Bob's head of PR again. And it would always be, Bob says he doesn't want to do that. Bob says... It was really Bob's magazine. Viva was Bob's magazine. But now, the tides inside Viva are about to turn again. Because by the mid-70s, the tides outside Viva are about to turn for Bob Guccione in a big, public way. Still to come on the news hour, the never-ending battle over pornography with in-house publisher Bob Guccione and others. Stift is an original podcast from iHeartMedia and Crooked Media. It's produced by Crooked Media. It's hosted and written by me, Jennifer Romolini, and produced by Megan Donis. Sydney Rapp is our associate producer. Story editing by Mary Knopf. 
Music, sound design, and engineering by Hannes Brown. Our fact checker is Julia Paskin. Additional production support from Nafila Cato and Inez Maza. From Crooked Media, our executive producers are Sarah Geismer, Katie Long, and Mary Knopf, with special thanks to Allison Falzetta and Lyra Smith. From iHeartMedia, our executive producers are Beth Ann Macaluso and Julia Weaver. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.